Welcome, you're listening to the podcast Outlander Soul, Searching for the Soul of Outlander, with me, Reverend Terry Menifee Gow, and me, Dr. Jamie Reeves. We love the book series, books one through eight, so we will be talking about them all, so beware, there are spoilers ahead. Uh, so we're talking about sacramental theology this episode. We- are yes Mm. so there are a lot of sacramental uses in um, outlander and so this episode we're going to be kind of exploring sacraments Mm -hmm. and how sacrament is used in outlander how diana has used it to kind of move along the story or to expound in certain elements of the story but the big question is what is a sacrament? What the hell is a sacrament? <laughs> That's a great big word. We talked about <laughs> we talked about sacrifice before, and that sacra means making something holy or set apart. In in the last episode, we talked a lot about rites and rituals surrounding sacrifice mm-hmm. that kind of either brought out the sacrifice or that allowed the sacrifice to stand for something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, or to retell the story of the sacrifice. And in essence, a lot of what sacrament does is surrounding those stories. It's surrounding mm-hmm. that understanding of what is holy. So yeah. when we talk about a sacrament, it is a rite or a ritual or an event in which grace is imparted. And that's, a that's again, more theological terms. But what we mean is that God comes through this event. God opens up and kind of becomes present in this event or this ritual or this rite. And something divine is imparted to an individual or to a community. Given to them, yes. is what you mean by imparted, yes. right? So, it's imparted, so yeah. it's given to them. It's it's mm-hmm. laid upon them. It it now circulates among them. It's a it's something given, and that you do this right ritual or event so that that grace is given to you, so that God is present. And by by grace, it's helpful to understand grace has lots of different meanings. It's not mm-hmm. just God's riches at Christ's expense, which was the mm. you know the big acronym that they made us use whenever I was in yeah. youth group. It can mean God's salvation in certain theological circles, but it also means God's help, God's presence, gifts of God. Love is always there, but for actual help or intervention or gifts to be given this mm-hmm. is what the right ritual or event is for and that's what we use for sac- that's what we call a sacrament mm-hmm. and in essence within the christian tradition yeah within the christian tradition it's in essence taking something that we consider ordinary mm-hmm. and having the extraordinary by the right ritual or event something extraordinary happens through that particular mm-hmm. thing and this is in other traditions they don't mm-hmm. call it sacrament and yeah. The tr- yeah, they, they call it something very different depending on the tradition. But there's a right ritual or event that happens that, that we do, and mm-hmm. it, it's of ordinary things like, you know, bread and wine and grape juice and Cheetos, however you want to do it. Or a bath. Uh, yeah, or a bath, yes, yeah, so, or water. Yeah. So ordinary things that you use every day by this right ritual or event and by the community agreeing, it becomes a sacrament, a place where God will peek through. Mm -hmm. So in Catholic theology, there are seven sacraments. And this has happened over thousands of years of staring at their belly buttons and (laughs) and us staring at our belly buttons. They've come up with these seven sacraments. And and these have been traditionally the sacraments (laughs) of the Christian church up until Reformation. And they are the seven sacraments that are presented in Outlander because it is a Catholic way of understanding the world right. mostly except for Roger and a few other characters but Diana being Catholic herself yes yeah. absolutely yeah. and so she presents yeah. these as sacraments because Frank and Claire would understand them that way and so would yeah. everybody in the Highlander community yeah okay so the first one being baptism mm-hmm. the second one being Eucharist there's mm-hmm. confirmation there's something called reconciliation and what that means is like confession and penance Mm -hmm. So going to confession, doing your penance, whether it's to say Hail Marys or to make up for something that you have done, Mm -hmm. anointing the sick, and in that comes the um, holy unction. So anointing Mm -hmm. the sick has to do with healing. Holy unction has to do with last rites. So that's Mm -hmm. also considered part of anointing the sick. Marriage is one, and then taking of holy orders. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So becoming a nun or a priest or a monk or, or doing something in a way of, of dedicating your life to the church and or your faith. What I'm struck by looking at all of these is that they they go through each kind of stage of life, basically. Yes. Or e- not everybody takes holy orders, but but there is the kind of it's either marriage or holy orders. It's you choose one or the other, but all these other things are part of part of each stage of life. So yes. baptism very early, then you take confirmation, then you take the Eucharist as a part of that, yep. then you go to confession, then yep. you know you get sick then, or you know right. Yeah. And it it was very much staged that way. I mean, they they wanted to see more like a progression. And some people Mm -hmm. do take holy orders and then get married. And some people get Mm -hmm. married and they do take holy orders. Mm -hmm. You do have some of that. But yeah, generally you would only hit six of these seven Mm -hmm. in your life. But for each of them, you know, grace kind of is imparted through that. And if you are Catholic, many times you learned that grace was kind of like filling your cup up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're mm-hmm. in, you go through your week and your cup of grace, the things that God touches in your life, the help God gives, the the um, gifts God give you, get strained away by mm-hmm. by the sinful world and mm-hmm. by your presence in it. And the everydayness of everything. Yeah, it it wears away. It wears off. Mm-hmm. The the shine mm-hmm. wears off. Mm-hmm. And so you need to go to church and take Eucharist to mm-hmm. fill your grace cup up. You need to go mm-hmm. to confirmation um, or you need to be confirmed. You need to go and uh, be with the sick. You need mm-hmm. to go and you need to be regularly in confession and regularly mm-hmm. doing penance so that the grace that God has given you doesn't run out. It's a constant going and filling up of your cup. So the beautiful thing is you're always looking for the presence of God and the grace of God in these particular rituals and rites. The theology of that is that it could run out. Yeah. And that's a that's a sticky point for me, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's not a divergence. I'm reading His Dark Materi- Materials trilogy oh, right now, and I'm yeah. almost finished. And so the last book, The Amber Spyglass, the magisterium, the church, <laughs> um, has made a decision to give preemptive absolution to someone who is going to commit murder. Um, uh-huh. And so they, you know... He confesses, he does penance and all that before he goes in order to, his cup is overflowing, as it were, so that he can go and do this assassination. And it's like, mm, I'm not quite sure that's how that's supposed to work. But, um, but I could totally see how it becomes transactional um, well, very and it, easily. It in the did way actually it become transactional. Be Right? It does become transactional in the Middle Ages when Mm -hmm. you are praying and you're offering money to free people from purgatory. Yeah. So, which become, yeah, the indulgences, which then leads to the Protestant Reformation. Yeah, you can purchase an indulgence and say, Mm -hmm. I've purchased the sin. I'm able now Mm -hmm. to commit the sin, which leads to the Reformation, which leads to Mm -hmm. a new theology of sacraments. So, that was a nice Mm -hmm. segue. Um, Go Philip Pullman. <laughs> so um, in, the, in Reformed theology, only two of those seven are considered effective or efficacious. Efficacious is such a great I word. I love efficacious, yeah. And those only are the two rites who were, that were actually considered ordained by Jesus. Whereas in Catholic theology, the belief that, you know, other things have been ordained because Jesus did impart uh, reconciliation, did go through a time of possibly confirmation, did anoint the sick, was at the marriage of Canaan, you know, those types of Mm -hmm. things. But in Reformed theology, they said, no, 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 no. It's really just two things, and it's baptism and Eucharist. Those two Mm -hmm. are efficacious. They impart grace, and they Mm -hmm. impart grace pretty much at God's leisure. Um, Mm -hmm. So the idea of the baptism is that you are marked forever. You are sealed Mm -hmm. forever because the community has been involved. It's not just a me, you, and the priest, and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's the community that's putting their effort behind this baptism as identity in the mm-hmm. Christian church. It's not a magical thing, yeah. Yeah, in the Eucharist, it's not weekly in most Reformed churches. Oftentimes it's monthly or quarterly, and mm-hmm. it's just a reminder of the sacrifice, and it's an opportunity for God to come through the story again mm-hmm. so that we remember the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, growing up in the Baptist tradition, we, um, well, I think you were Baptist as well, but for the churches that I grew up in, it was only quarterly. We didn't have it that often, whereas um, it's every every service, every mass for a lot of folk. Um, yeah, it is Catholic, for us. Catholic and, and Anglican tradition, both, yeah. And as you're talking about Baptist Baptist theology, sacraments are really symbolic. They're, they're, yeah. There's no... Um, in the in the Catholic tradition, like with the Eucharist, the body and the blood mm-hmm. are actually the body and the blood of Christ. The bread and the wine actually transubstantiate into those elements. In Reformed tradition, they don't transubstantiate. Sometimes they consubstantiate, depending upon whether or not you're <laughs> Lutheran. But but they oh, are special. The number of church wars that have been fought over those two <laughs> terms. And if you're not familiar with it, just... Yeah, count yourself lucky. <laughs> uh, but but the idea is that you still have you, there's something still special about the ordinary substances of the bread and the mm-hmm. wine or the grape juice, something of the mm-hmm. vine that actually God doesn't come through anything other than those things. And and you mm-hmm. have to say the words of institution, which are the mm-hmm. which is the story of the Last Supper and the story of the death and resurrection. But with the Baptist tradition, you could do it with potato chips and grape knee high if you want to Mm -hmm. it's very symbolic and Mm -hmm. that god's present is only when god wishes to be present or that god is always present and we have to Mm -hmm. reach out for god that god imparts grace two or more are gathered yes exactly god Mm -hmm. imparts grace at god's will Mm -hmm. and there's nothing really that we can do no magic words that we can say that would cause that. Although I will say in the Baptist tradition, there is the magic words of becoming a Christian. So there, there is, <laughs> no, there's there's the special incantation that you say. I'm with you. I'm just laughing because I've never thought about it that way, but that's totally true. Yeah, <laughs> there's the special incantation and they walk you through it. And then mm-hmm. suddenly this grace is imparted on you forever. Ding, 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 ding. You're a Christian. You win. Yep. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you win eternal life. Bob, take it to you. <laughs> but, but but what it means is that anything can potentially become sacramental. That anything yeah. that's ordinary can become extraordinary. While that can be dangerous in many ways, it's also fairly miraculous. The idea that mm-hmm. any moment... God can peek through. And so at least in that tradition, you're always kind of looking. What's really re- mm. what's what's really required from that is, and what's required from all of these, from all of these sacraments and the way we understand it, is the intention of showing up and doing a rite or ritual or looking for God, and then hopefully the response from God, mm. or God looking for us and our response. So th- that's really kind of the moment. So sometimes like, Let's just assume that maybe the burning bush might have been a sacrament because it probably mm-hmm. was what we would consider something of a sacrament. There's an ordinary mm-hmm. bush. It's doing something extraordinary. And it's God mm-hmm. reaching out to Moses. Mm-hmm. And it's Moses's response that's what's important here. Yeah. God, God has done this amazing thing and has reached out because God wants to save God's people. Mm-hmm. And then it's Moses's response that allows that to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm also thinking just, I know we'll get to it, but in the context of Outlander, it is this kind of, which we've already said, this making making the everyday holy, making yes. the, the aspects of life as we live them, different points at which a, an occasion needs to be marked and saying there's something important about this, that God is among us, or this is something that we recognize as as holy and sacred in this in this time and in this place it doesn't have to necessarily be a burning bush it could be a we are here together there's something special about that in the buddhist tradition it's everything Mm -hmm. so it 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 even gets down into washing the dishes meditatively because god will come through that yeah sweeping the floor yes yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. doing doing every moment with intention Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. seeing god in everything Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, Mary, I mean, if anybody knows Mary Oliver's poetry, tends to be very sacramental in the everyday aspects of life. The way in which she talks about noticing the presence of, 
of God or no, just being in wonder at what is happening around her. There's nothing extraordinary necessarily about what she writes about, but it is the kind of just the everyday life and how she notices how she pays attention and i think there's something also within the sacramental side of things too of the expectation of the extraordinary to be part of the ordinary the going out to meet god yes yeah Yeah. that now we are going out to meet god we are going out Mm -hmm. alone or we are going out together i'm going to the Mm -hmm. mountaintop to meet god but not just that it's it's being able to see god and meet god in every day yeah, as you're doing your shopping, as you're cleaning your house, as you're, yeah, yeah. Well, totally. and since we're in the coronavirus, I might meet God <laughs> doing my shopping. <laughs> oh, I've got to do that today, and I've got to wear all the masks and all the things, and it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. So, the sacraments in Outlander. Let's start with baptism. Mm. I'm just going to kind of go through the sacraments, um, at least in the Christian tradition. The first one that, you know, comes is, you know, obviously the baptizing of the children in Outlander. And one of the first Mm. ones we see is Willie at Hellwater. Willie asks Jamie, as Jamie is leaving, about what it means to be a stinking papist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that, you know, Willie wants to be a stinking papist too. So Jamie baptizes Willie. Mm -hmm. And he does... In the Catholic tradition. In the Catholic tradition, even though he's Mm -hmm. being raised in the Church of England. They had no priest on hand. And he remembers that Father McMurtry taught Mm -hmm. him about baptism, that a lay person can do it if it was Mm -hmm. an emergency. And so... Mm -hmm. He does it, and he baptizes Willie as a stinking papist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that's important to note, too, that that a lot of times the church will teach that only certain people, only special people can do these things. You know, the sacraments are. And then, but within the series and within actual, you know, theology, a lot of the times there are aspects which, if you don't have a priest to hand... These are the, this is how you do it, you know, with this understanding that this just sometimes needs must. Yeah. Right. Well, and this becomes necessity, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, and this is actually history. So this is the history mm-hmm. of the United States and frontierism. And a lot of this mm-hmm. is how our, how the sacraments here tend mm-hmm. to morph and or change with the historical context. And the fact that you, in the United States, when people were moving out west, the preachers weren't following them right away. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. still needed to get married. They needed to get baptized. Mm-hmm. They needed to get buried. And mm-hmm. so they, it was, it was an as needed. It was whoever could read the freaking Bible who was, mm-hmm. who was put in charge of that. And we see this mm-hmm. with Roger. Because his uncle was a, a pastor, he mm-hmm. ends up becoming kind of the spiritual core of Fraser's Ridge. Mm-hmm. And it leads him to seek a call. Mm-hmm. So, so it it's really needs must they they needed him, and he mm-hmm. rose to the call. The idea, though, behind like Willie and Faith, Faith gets baptized, mm-hmm. even though she is is stillborn. She's still mm-hmm. baptized so that she can be buried in holy ground, and that Roger baptizes this uh, the the child whenever he was kidnapped by the Native Americans. All these baptisms that happen were really there mm-hmm. to for identity, community, but also with the understanding of salvation. The idea that baptism does impart a certain grace that marks you Mm -hmm. forever as saved of God and as a child of God. Mm -hmm. So there is that idea of the theology. We like the idea of the whole community aspect Mm -hmm. of it because there is a a big part of that. But I think we would be remiss without mentioning the idea of baptism being considered part of the salvific process of the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah even if we disagree, mm-hmm. <laughs> even, if we, even if we don't appreciate the atonement theology mm-hmm. that goes behind it, much of mm-hmm. this is understood through those lights. Yeah, and traditional theology has, has taught that, and that, that is the theology that's embodied in, in the series, certainly. So, right. Yeah. I mean, Ian has questions about this. His mm. his daughter, who who is born and then dies, is never mm. baptized, mm-hmm. and so he doesn't know if he can serve God, believing that that child is in limbo somewhere, and that yeah. he'll never see his child again. Yeah, what kind of God would do that? Yeah, right, right. Mm. 
Which I think is a legitimate question. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's an excellent question. And it's one mm-hmm. that I think Diana leaves open. The theology ultimately changes surrounding all of this. The, yeah. the, the understanding of who God is and how big God is. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's changed. Mm-hmm. So there are other baptisms. Claire gets baptized as Sassanach. She, <laughs> her name is changed. She is, she is, um, her identity in the community. And I mean this very symbolically. She's not physically mm-hmm. baptized this way. Mm-hmm. I'd say Ian Og is very similar. He renounces his previous life, much like in the baptismal vows, you're renouncing yeah. Satan. And then he's, yeah. they give him tattoos that mark him forever. Yeah, but there's that scene as well where he's standing in the river and they are scraping him, and yeah. that is that. I mean, that's baptism, not in the same way that others do it. So, but but even within the Christian tradition, there's a range of you know you either sprinkle on the head of a baby or you dunk people as adults or you know it's you're in just, the living lo- water of the river. You know there yeah, are those as yeah. well. Yeah. There's lots of different ways in which it's done, but it's an initiation rite. It is a you are you are coming into the fold. Who you were before is gone, and this is a newness. But it's a yeah. It's it's a fancy bath. <laughs> it's a fancy bath. It's 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 the ordinary and becoming extraordinary. extraordinary. Yeah, mm-hmm. because now you have changed and your community yeah. has changed as well. Yeah. Yeah. And your community's a part of that. Yeah. All right, so Eucharist. So Eucharist mm. is the Lord's Supper and how other people understand it. It's the mm-hmm. it's the rite or ritual uh, surrounding the bread and the wine and or the grape mm-hmm. juice. And so we looked a little bit at, you know, Claire in past episodes of her perpetual adoration of the elements, the elements being the bread and the wine in the Catholic Mass. After they are blessed Mm -hmm. and after transubstantiation happens, the elements are changed and they are now considered holy because they are the body Mm -hmm. and blood of Christ. And so they should not be without somebody always adoring them. They should Mm -hmm. always have the presence of someone there. And so Claire Mm -hmm. takes on the task of perpetual adoration. She does Mm -hmm. that with Father Anselm in France. the end of the first book. Yeah. 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 And then she ultimately, whenever she goes back through the stones, takes takes that on as a meditative Mm -hmm. practice. But the idea is that the Eucharist is there and is, is consistently being adored. And then there's all kinds of rites and rituals around the table um, because, mm-hmm. you know, in other traditions, we call it the holy table or the, or, you know, the Lord's table. Communion. Yes, yeah, communion. Supper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's even the love feast in mm-hmm. the Moravian traditions. Mm-hmm. But there's always bannocks somewhere. Somebody's always getting a bannock for something. Mm-hmm. They're drinking whiskey often. Oftentimes mm-hmm. they do it together communally as almost mm-hmm. as a substitute for wine there's the potato mm-hmm. feast from dragonfly and amber where they are they're eating this thing that um <laughs> that they've planted that has become communal and that will ultimately save their lives you know so there's a lot of eucharistic visions and and symbols throughout the book there's also the concept though of it being fouled or it being made unholy as far as the the bread and the wine goes and so we see that in dragonfly and amber with uh with the trial that master Mm. raymond and the comte come across or the king holds them to so the when their allegations are being read against them they are being held account to for a desecration of the mass and the mass being the the eucharist so the person the hooded man reads the charges uh, um charge of foul sacrifice of the spilling of blood of innocence the profanation of the most holy (laughs) rite of the mass by the desecration of the host this idea that if you if you don't treat it well um if you don't give it its proper adoration if you don't treat it as holy if you don't mark the occasion properly then it can be fouled in a particular way and I wonder if God comes through in a different way. I guess that's mm. the question. Or, or are mm. we the are we the kind of gatekeepers for that? Is mm. a question that I've got. Yeah, it's a good question. But then Claire does something really, really very Eucharistic. She hands mm. a cup to Raymond and the Comte, and mm. one of the one of them is able to drink it and live, and the other one drinks it and dies, mm-hmm. which is almost a fouling of the idea of yeah. of the cup. 
as yeah. well. But even even later in the New Testament, there's the, the cup that brings life versus the cup that brings death. Yes, um, yes. So me growing up in, in quite conservative Protestant tradition, Baptist tradition was you, your heart better be clean before you take the Eucharist. So, yeah. you know, beat yourself up, whatever it is that you need <laughs> to do and confess your sins and make sure that you are pure because if you take the, if you take it and you're not then you're bringing death upon yourself, basically. And I had to remember a particular, you know, like, I, yeah, I, I don't even know what I'd done. God knows. I was a good kid, so no telling. Um, <laughs> you might have had an evil thought. <laughs> yeah, I must have, must have wished somebody some ill in some way. Yeah, I remember just, like, mental self-flagellation, just beating myself up. About I wasn't good enough, I did, you know, to take take the cup and we only do this like four times a year so this is a big deal so yeah it was i remember that in the reformation time Mm. in uh geneva you would Mm. get a coin Mm. that allowed you because they only did it quarterly i think they were watching and if they saw you commit an infraction and you had not confessed that infraction to whomever you needed to confess it to you would not Mm -hmm. get a coin so that you could oh. go and take your yeah, so that you could go and take the so bread the and the cup. Yes, there mm. were the Eucharist police because they were they were that they they barred the table from people. Yeah, people still do though. Yeah, I mean, they do. Lots of lots of folks, LGBT folks, who are refused communion because people perceive them to be sinful in some kind of way. Um, right so many situations where this is happening and so what you're really saying so what you're really Mm. saying though and and Mm. and this is let's go back to the definition is that Mm. you don't get god's grace at Mm. my table that god Mm. won't come through for you and therefore i'm gonna Mm. bar god from coming through for you Mm. that's just so arrogant and (laughs) sumptive and tell tell people who god loves and who they don't Right, and and who gets grace and who doesn't. All right, on to confirmation. Mm. There is no actual confirmation right in Outlander. However, mm. if we look at it in a broader sense of being confirmed to a community, every mm-hmm. time there's the gathering, there's yeah. the reconfirmation of the, of the saying of the words, of the mm-hmm. committing the oath, of the mm-hmm. I am a part of this community and I will stand with under this name. Yeah. So there's there is the rite and the ritual of that and that ties you to that community. Much like mm-hmm. confirmation, if you don't know what it is, after you're baptized as a baby, you may not have been able to speak for yourself. And so when mm-hmm. you are confirmed at age 9 through 12 generally, um, you confirm what your parents did for you with mm-hmm. the rite and ritual of baptism by saying, yes, I do accept my baptism, and yes, I wish to live in this community and follow the, the rules and, and rites of this community. So mm-hmm. there is no real confirmation right in Outlander, but, but because it's so similar to the clans, you do see a good bit of that. You see it at the Ridge. You see it in the first book in Outlander, where Jamie is being called to the mat for not saying the right words or not being able to say the words in that way, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. finds a way of still staying in the community. Mm-hmm. So, Well, you brought up the kind of the frontier or just kind of rurality of life where you, where you don't have access to priests uh, and to mm-hmm. local parish congregation, local parish leaders to, to lead that confirmation so there but there are roger starts teaching classes at the ridge which he doesn't call them confirmation because confirmation doesn't really exist in the same way within the protestant tradition but it still serves that purpose of of teaching teaching kids the faith the ways of faith and how to understand God's actions in the world, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think we might not get confirmation in a traditional sense, but then we don't get baptism in a traditional sense. We don't get marriage in a traditional sense. We don't get any no. of the sacraments in a traditional sense in Outlander, nope. which, which I think is why I love it so much, because it's not bound by this is the way it has to always be done. And so I think confirmation, you're right. Absolutely. Confirmation is about belonging into the community and making choices um, right. to be a, be a part of that. 
Yeah. All right, so confession and penance or the reconciliation piece. Mm. Uh, there's lots of confession. I mean, that's a lot yeah. of what Outlander is about. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of conflict, and so somebody does somebody wrong or somebody mm. is keeping a secret. And so confession mm-hmm. is all through these particular stories. And so just mm-hmm. just to kind of highlight um, a couple of places, you see Claire confessing to Jamie who and what she is. After the the crane's mirror, situation. after the trial, yeah, yep. that she's that she's not a witch, but she is mm-hmm. a time traveler, and that she's from the twentieth century. She does kind of equate her love for Jamie and what and her the choices that she made equate doing penance later with mm-hmm. Frank for yep. for what she did, and and Jamie does the same. Yep. Jamie believes yep. he's doing penance for the love he had for Claire and taking mm-hmm. her away from Frank, and that he he would give everything to do it again. He believes in that type of penance. Mm-hmm. And then Claire has a very real confession with Father Anselm. In a formal sense, yeah. 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 In, the, in the traditional way, definitely. But that's the only time we see her do that, isn't it? I think so. The only time she actually has a full-on confession, yeah, is with Father Anselm. I wonder if she did anything with Mother Hildegard. I can't remember if she ever confessed to Mother Hildegard or not. I don't know that she held a confession with Mother Hildegard. I could be wrong. You guys out there, mm-hmm. if you're on top of it, please let me know. Yeah. I think that she was pretty delirious and last rites were given to her, I think. Yeah. But I don't know that she ever actually was able to have confession with Mother Hildegard. Mm-hmm. She does ultimately mm-hmm. confess to Jamie about mm-hmm. Louis the 15th mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. I mean she, and and there is that whole confession afterwards and the penance mm-hmm. of the nettles mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. wanting to be of wanting to be whipped with the nettles because she slept with Louis to free him and Jamie and Claire are always confessing each other's infidelities as <laughs> <laughs> as faithful as they are to each other Jamie is confessing that he, you know, should not have done what he did for, and, and, and ultimately the loss of faith of marrying Leary, of Claire being with Frank, you know, the mm-hmm. always having to tell each other the truth that there is no room for lies, but mm-hmm. they do have secrets and ultimately they do confess these secrets bit by bit. Today, I in in prepping for this stuff, I reread this section in A Breath of Snow and Ashes after Claire has recovered from her illness and mm. the dealing with the repercussions of the rumor that Malva was pregnant with Jamie's baby and and just gosh, just going, oh my gosh, this oh this is heartbreaking and I haven't even read like the first bits, but right. it, but it does read like confession despite the fact Jamie's going, I I'm sorry, but I didn't even do anything wrong, you know. Like, <laughs> so just, um, and then he tells her about Mary McNabb and he's like she's like, Who is Mary McNabb? <laughs> Yeah, so that, that felt pretty right now. But he confesses. Yeah, he's just he, like, he, did. he totally confessed, and he was like, and I haven't even done anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And so Jamie does. He confesses Leary's mm-hmm. marriage. He confesses Mary McNabb. He confesses mm-hmm. Willie is his son. Mm-hmm. It takes a while to get there, but he also has yeah. to do a lot of confession as a traitor to the crown. Um, yeah. And he has to do his penance in prison and in Hellwater. So he yeah. he he does go through the the actual rite and ritual of signing his confession, of mm-hmm. of then signing an oath saying that he will never do this again. Ultimately, mm-hmm. he does, but mm-hmm. but um, but luckily he's on the winning side. Frank confesses to Reverend Wakefield in his own yeah. agnostic kind of way, and he serves his penance. By staying mm-hmm. with Claire and by providing a headstone for this person named James Fraser that he has never mm-hmm. met but has seen on mm-hmm. the pages of history. And Ian Og, this one, this one's the one that really kind of gets me. So Ian leaves the ridge and goes to live with the natives in the area, and he becomes one of them. He goes through the rites and rituals mm-hmm. to actually be, to leave behind his Celtic past, to leave mm-hmm. behind his religion and his family and become a completely different person. And they'd mm-hmm. mark him with tattoos. And so he becomes this. And he confesses that he had to give up his faith. He renounces everything mm-hmm. that he ever was including his faith including his catholic faith 
mm-hmm. and he believes that his daughter is killed as penance, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. his daughter is taken from him as penance. That God is punishing him and requiring yes. the death of his child in order to pay for that sin. Right. It's just a, it's a heartbreaking scene because mm. it's taken him a year or more to be able to even mm. talk about it. And he chooses to talk mm. about it with Brianna. And Brianna's mm. like, how can, how, that's not real. That can't happen. Mm. And then, of course, later Claire comes to him and says, no, this wasn't your fault. This just was science. Mm-hmm. This was the mm-hmm. fact that you come from a different bloodline than Emily, mm-hmm. Native Americans have. And the fact that mm-hmm. the two of you got together bloodwise, this is why we had blood tests for a long, long time, mm-hmm. that the children were not going to live. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was just, it was one of those just heart-wrenching moments mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. Ian always making a choice, believing he's choosing the best thing. And then ultimately, he's having to do penance for it. Feeling as if he's being punished, yeah. Yeah, and he does this with Mrs. Bug. And that when he kills Mrs. Bug, and it's 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 intentional, but he doesn't mm-hmm. know it's Mrs. Bug. Mm-hmm. And, and Archie, Mrs. Bug's husband, exacts penance on him. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not that he's going to kill Ian. It's that he's going mm-hmm. to kill the thing he loves most. He wants to make him pay. Yeah, yep. it's 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 horrifying. Mm. So okay, so for anointing the sick and the last rites, or sometimes referred to as holy unction, we get again. I mean, it's the same sort of situation where you know you might get, yeah, just because there's not many priests in this story, so you just yeah. don't get very much of it. But Claire's touch, um, so healing, so anointing the sick, it does carry with it uh, this idea of healing, but it might. It might be physical healing from the actual illness, or it might be spiritual healing. But Claire's touch as a healer then definitely brings in this idea of anointing the sick. If Claire does it, there's this idea that she carries some kind of power, that she's able to, and well, and Master Raymond and all the other yeah. people with the blue light, right? Right, right, right. And she also provides this idea of, so those she cannot heal. Mm, yeah, yeah. Those that are not going to manage and are not going to make it. She she does more than just provide holy unction. She yeah. actually helps usher them into the next life. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Sometimes with a little bit of help. Yeah. Yeah. She does. She she honors the life that, that they have and helps them toward a good death. Which I think is important. And that's, I mean, I think that's what last rites are, are really, at least for me as a non-Catholic, what that's about is helping, being present with people who are entering into that, that unknown and honoring that transition and helping it to be as good for them and for the people they love as much as possible. And so a blessing and presence in that situation is is really important, I think. It's respect for, for what's being lost, but mm-hmm. also for letting uh, the letting go. Yeah. yeah. Preservation of dignity in that space and saying yeah. this this too is holy as opposed to it's so easy to 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 let it not be. So uh Jamie is given last rites in Outlander because they think we think he's he's gonna die. Is yeah, it clear doesn't Roger last give? Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think so. I think, or no, isn't it one of the one of the fathers, one of the brothers in the monastery that doesn't? Oh, oh no, no, no. That gives yes. So one of the brothers gives Jamie the last rites. I'm just wondering. I can't remember if Claire gets last. Claire gets last rites with Faith, I believe, because they fear she's going to die. I don't know if they give it to her when she's sick on the ridge. Yeah, it was just. I was just trying to remember that. I think Jamie might have prevented that. I'm Mm. not sure. And Roger, you asked that question. Well, Roger with the snake bite. Right. And whether, right, right, right. Uh, yeah. I don't think Roger got last rites because when they pulled him down, they realized he was still alive. And so right. it wasn't a, it was a keep him alive rather than mark the occasion that he might die. Right, right, um, right, right. Yeah. But I was wondering about snake bite and whether Roger gives Jamie last rites. I can't remember. I, I don't think he does look. because he doesn't really quite have the ability to do it. He's not... Catholic, he does hear some confession, but it's not really... He hears really... confession from Jamie. Yeah, yeah. 
and they and they bond over that confession and he does Jamie does pass mm-hmm. on the idea that you need to take care of people if if mm-hmm. I don't make it but then he goes mm-hmm. yeah but you know I'm gonna make it because blah 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 happens and you believe that there's you know <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> that, that this is true. all written in stone so but the other purpose of last rites is also to to bless the person in order for them to be buried in holy consecrated ground. Um, right. And so suicides and other forms of death sometimes can usually preclude someone from being in that situation. But if last rites are still given, then then there's space for for that right. to be offered. Right. Um, right. So we do see that in the story too. The one we see the most is marriage, as far as sacraments go. Lots of people get married. Lots Lots of marriages. Lots of marriages. So we've Mm. got, I mean, obviously, Claire and Jamie, and we've talked about this in many Mm. of our other podcasts, about Mm -hmm. their wedding vows being renewed in in each book, that their Mm -hmm. sex, um, the coming together of it is regular, it's passionate, Mm -hmm. it bonds them, that Jamie says he feels like God himself when he's inside her which is sacramental. Very sacramental. <laughs> um, it's also, you know, it also has to do with this ownership of, of the person, of being able to mm-hmm. say, I am your master and you're mine. Mm-hmm. I cannot mm-hmm. possess your soul without losing my own, which is mm-hmm. kind of a mingling of the souls, which is also very sacramental. Something, mm-hmm. something extraordinary is coming through the ordinary here. Mm-hmm. Claire and Frank have mm-hmm. got a... a passionate and loving marriage and it, it dissolves and it's never put right um, mm-hmm. and that Frank doesn't stay there for Claire and so their marriage mm-hmm. doesn't seem to have that sacramental quality to it that's anymore anymore yeah. it yeah. did and then mm-hmm. it was somehow lost um, mm-hmm. same with Jamie and Leary that mm-hmm. there's there's it's not really considered a true marriage because he's still married to somebody else ultimately mm-hmm. she comes back but it's almost like a penitential marriage it, he'd hoped mm-hmm. for something more and he keeps his vow mm-hmm. but at the same time it's not really it's not really the true marriage that creates that sacramental moment of God coming through God peeking through God's grace being imparted and other marriages that we see are like you know Jenny and Ian Roger and Bree they do a hand fast and then they're they have the rights and so it's two rites and rituals for them one is a temporary rite or ritual um mm-hmm. which is the hand fast and then the, then there's the actual marriage which the hand fasting again is kind of characteristic of that rurality situation of what you know the priest might not come for quite some time and you need to get married and so you do you do that you have this this ritual in order to go ahead with married life before yes. you have official recognized marriage from the priest but marsley and fergus yeah 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 so okay so let's talk father, a little bit about father fogden father fogden so father fog so uh, up until this point you see a lot of marriages with priests and it was really important that mm-hmm. jamie and claire get married by a priest in a mm-hmm. church it was really mm-hmm. vital for her to be mm-hmm. saved from Blackjack Randall, that it happen really very regularly, that the sacrament be right, that the ritual mm-hmm. be right. But Marceline and Fergus have got something else going on. Father Fogden is unfortunately excommunicated from the church. Right. He, he is no longer considered on the inn. He marries mm-hmm. somebody, falls in love with Ermengelda. They get married and he leaves the church. But the question is whether or not his practice, his what he does is efficacious. And remember we talked about mm-hmm. that. It's mm-hmm. a great word. It means is it effective? Does it stick? Is the rites or ritual actually sacramental? Can God mm-hmm. come through this if the one who is the gatekeeper of it, the one who is the performer of it, if that one is in sin if that one is considered no longer the one who is able to 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 provide this right or ritual because of what they've done Mm -hmm. in the past whether or not it was sinful or whether or not Mm -hmm. it was okay by the laws and rules and regulations of the community and Mm -hmm. so this happened (laughs) back in the fourth century (laughs) the donatist schism in africa love this stuff so um so (laughs) Constantine, like I love church history. God, I love it because it's so messy. Constantine becomes 
the first Holy Roman Emperor. And Mm -hmm. when he ascends the throne in Rome, he says, okay, we're going to make Christianity the state religion. And we're no longer going to be pagans. And we are going to now... um, And so his job, as he saw it, was to make sure that this new religion was measurable and that Rome knew what was going on and that it had rules and regulations and that it was standardized. Mm. And because it had lived underground in different cities all over the Roman Empire, so much of it was not standard. And people were coming out of hiding going, I believe this. And then other people going, no, no, I believe this. And Mm -hmm. Constantine was like, no, 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 get it together and find out what we believe. I believe in Christianity. At least that's what I promised God before I came on here. And Mm -hmm. so I need need you to come up with what we believe. Mm -hmm. And one of the issues was back during the most difficult times and the most difficult oppression the where um, Rome was slaughtering just thousands and thousands of Christians some of the priests at the time did what they could to appease Rome in Mm -hmm. ways in Mm -hmm. ways that they were now looking back on going hey wait a minute you were lying with the devil you were yeah. you, you were you were basically selling out a few people and selling out your own tradition and belief and so we no longer consider you a priest for what you've done and mm-hmm. all those people you baptized while you were doing these terrible things are no longer considered baptized null and void yes yeah. everything you did all the weddings all of the eucharists all of that stuff now no longer in retrospect is sacramental and all of God's grace is evaporated. Hmm. So, so, <laughs> I know it sounds Again, silly. Like the, yeah. It sounds yeah. silly at the time. It was not mm. silly. It sounds silly yeah. now. It, yeah. but at the time, and, and you know, we are, since the fourth century, we are 1600 years later and we have developed mm-hmm. a different theology surrounding all of this. And part of it was in part was because of what happened here. And so yeah. the Donatists said, no, 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 we, these, this is all null and void. And they came in, uh, Constantine's group came in and said, no, 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 we're ruling that the right, the ritual, and not mm-hmm. the person for whom it's coming through is what is efficacious. Mm-hmm. That if you show up at the right, fully mm-hmm. expecting God to be there, and your mm-hmm. intention is to find grace in this, God will honor that no matter how bad the priest is, mm-hmm. which really has carried us through many centuries of bad priests <laughs> and ministers. Because, yeah. because and, and that's what's going on here. That's why Jamie mm-hmm. is okay with Father Fogden blessing mm-hmm. this marriage, because it's really the, the rite and the ritual that he provides that marries them. And it's also okay that Jamie do the baptizing and that someone else do. So relying on a lay person to do these rituals isn't as difficult for Jamie to to accept as others. No, because you in an emergency, you, yeah, yeah, in an emergency, okay. you you need to yeah. have this. I I remember a friend of mine who's Catholic who was raised Catholic. She told me that when she was growing up, her priest told her that if if you came up on somebody who just got hit by a bus, right? Mm-hmm. And that person mm-hmm. was dying and they, mm-hmm. you didn't know whether they were Catholic or not. You could actually spit on your thumb and baptize them right there so that they would now enter heaven, mm-hmm. as, assuming that they would enter heaven rather than mm-hmm. go to a place of purgatory or go to mm-hmm. a place of limbo. What you were doing was salvific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and efficacious for their salvation in the afterlife, mm-hmm. which I mm-hmm. always found really interesting that my spit is so powerful. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, not mine. I'm not Catholic. So, but her spit was really powerful. Her spit was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so in Fiery Cross, this mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why marriage is considered a sacrament in the Catholic tradition. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why we have, you know, come up with this idea of of romantic theology and and where we where we kind of get this. And and so let me just read this thing. Jocasta um has been told by Claire that Duncan can't get it up and that he's petrified that she's going to find out it's their wedding day. It's just an hour before the wedding and mm-hmm. the the priest who is French is in the room. 
and he picks up on what's going on and picks up on what's happened. And so Mm -hmm. the priest is offering Jocasta a way out. And he Mm -hmm. says he really should not marry them knowing Mm -hmm. that Duncan is impotent, Mm -hmm. that the whole purpose of the wedding and whole purpose of marriage is so that they can have sex. And so that, Mm -hmm. and and really the ultimate purpose of the marriage. For the purpose of procreation. As for procreation, it's for having children. So so the priest says this to Claire. Tell Mm -hmm. Jocasta this, madam, if you please. While it is true that procreation is the basis of this law for the church, that is not the only matter to consider. For marriage, true marriage of a man and a woman, this union of the flesh, it is important of itself. The language of the right, the two shall become one flesh, it says. And there is a reason for that. Much happens between two people who share a bed and joy in each other. That's not all a marriage is, but it is something truly. And he spoke with great seriousness. I have not always been a priest, madam, he says. I was married once. I know what it is. I know what it is to put aside, to put aside forever that fleshly part of life. The wooden beads of his rosary clicked softly together as he shifted. So the idea that the sacrament isn't just the rite and ritual of the merit of the wedding, it's the mm-hmm. it's the marriage of the two people, the union of the flesh, which we yep. see in Dennis and Dottie and in Claire and Lord John mm-hmm. Gray, which is a, a mm-hmm. real odd way of looking at it. But mm-hmm. we see it in Ian and Rachel, Ian and Emily, and we don't obviously see it in Jocasta and Duncan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a really good point. I, it does make me, if procre- okay. So I mean, this is obviously um, within the well within the Catholic tradition. The issue around procreation has then been connected to issues around birth control, that kind of stuff. Because if marriage is is for the only for the purpose. Uh, which uh, more conservative folks will have said in the past, it was only for the purpose of having children. But then you would have others who who disagreed. This right. priest being being one. But it, it does make me wonder. Well, then why wasn't children having children a sacrament, as opposed to marriage itself? If that was the case, but yeah, it's, I, I I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that has to do with baptism and baptizing babies. Yeah, and that's I would, I would guess, you know, that that's part of it. Then you just kind of start the cycle over of when you have a child, then it gets baptized. And then it's part of, you know. Yeah. And there is the blood and the water of having the child, right? So yeah, there is yeah. the actual. So that's incredibly sacramental. I mean, it's physical, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you change who you are forever by having a baby. Mm-hmm. But then it would give too much sacramentality to women over men i assume well so um, in the pagan the traditions in the wiccan traditions mm-hmm. especially you've got the cup which mm-hmm. is the womb right mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. holds the blood and it holds mm-hmm. the water and it holds mm-hmm. life and so it it mm-hmm. it gives a lot of that sacramental nature to women as far as being able to hold life in our bodies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. yeah 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 you're right wow yeah Oh, well. Anyway. Wow. Well, wow. Um, last. <laughs> no, I haven't thought yeah. of that. That's just, I, that could go. That's a paper. <laughs> One more. Um, mm. Last sacrament being holy orders, which we yeah. see a little bit of um, with Roger. It's not Catholic orders, but with his process of the call that we've talked about before and going through the presbytery to become a minister. He never takes the orders, but he certainly acknowledges the call. And we'll see what happens um, in future books, hopefully. And of course, we see lots of other priests that take their call seriously. I mean, you've got, Mm -hmm. you know, Father Anselm, you've got Mother Hildegard, you've Mm -hmm. got others who have have taken and and, and enjoy, not necessarily enjoy, I, I wouldn't say that, but who live out their vocation with honor yeah. and with and with respect for who yeah. and what they've become. But then you have the young priest, Alexandra, who dies while Roger is being kidnapped, who's killed mm-hmm. because he's fallen he's in love yeah. and cannot mm-hmm. marry. Mm-hmm. And Father Fogden, who has fallen in love with Herman Gelda and, mm-hmm. and has basically he been excommunicated. Yep, and talks to a coconut. <laughs> I I, want to go back to what you said at the beginning of the last episode Mm -hmm. about this story still having 
magic and that they live in a place of magic and that they live in a world that is bigger than just the Christian tradition mm. and that they mm-hmm. live in a world where, where God or the universe or whatever thing that is out there who is, who is not really a player in the story Mm. who is mentioned a lot by people, but who is not really a character in the story. Yeah. How this non-character still moves and Mm. other possible, for lack of a better term, sacraments, rites and rituals for other traditions where they hope to bring through the divine. Yeah. And we see that in the Celtic um, traditions. We see that with Mrs. Graham and the dance that she does totally this calling upon of the sun this yeah 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 the calling of the sun and the bringing forth of mm-hmm. the next um the next uh, few months the the calling mm-hmm. of that the blood vow for the marriage so it's mm-hmm. not just a christian rite but it's mm-hmm. also this you know blood of my blood bone of my bone and they have to mingle mm-hmm. their blood together while their arms mm-hmm. are tied it's it's a very mm-hmm. celtic a very old understanding of what marriage is almost a mm-hmm. hand fasting and that there are spells and love potions i mean leary goes to claire for a love potion mm-hmm. people have the special amulets that they hold hoping to have children mm-hmm. or healing jamie and his rabbit's foot mm-hmm. things of that nature that are vital for their that are not church specific that are not christian specific but are still considered efficacious for a blessing yeah yeah i i mean we talked about sacrifice in the last episode but yeah i mean those would certainly be falling within that category as well then you also had those kind of the sometimes within the celtic tradition are called these thin places or these liminal mm-hmm. spaces um so the liar spring what is it if you drink the water it'll burn out your gizzard your, burn out your gizzard yeah that's exactly what he says that's right i was like i knew it was gizzard i just couldn't remember what exactly it did to your gizzard um so yeah the liar's spring the spring at fraser's ridge which is consecrated um, by jamie isn't it yes um, it is he he consecrates that place rather than a priest yeah holy ground where people are buried those kinds of things um and then we also like the native american rituals um that are talked about in the celtic tradition too the the garlic prayer so after hunting when you you've taken an animal's life or something um, but there's always these this attuned uh, you know attunement to the world around you and to the spirit that moves the spirits of the trees that are there and the the Mm. you know the 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 recognition of dreams and the recognition Mm. of the the special attunement to animals that show up who your spirit animal is Mm. and and how how that you know that that always looking for the extraordinary in the ordinary that surrounds you yeah yeah and there are of course raymond has his own special religion that we don't understand that nobody knows yet what all that's about (laughs) and and then um we also get in a little bit of african rights because we do get into the idea of enslaved peoples and Mm -hmm. being kidnapped from their homes and bringing their rights and rituals there so when mrs campbell is taken or goes out and they have the whole rite and ritual and the dance with the crocodile head and and what have you yeah and 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 something special does happen there Mm -hmm. she does Mm -hmm. speak with Bree's voice and there is some kind of magic that happens where Mm -hmm. the the place becomes thin she's able to dream of Jamie and Jamie is able to hear her there are other sacramental opportunities in this particular story beyond the Christian tradition there are Mm -hmm. other rites and rituals that bring the divine or that notice something more than the physical world that diana does really well mm, i think that's one of the reasons why i love this i mean i've loads of story or loads of reasons right but one of the reasons why i love this story so much is because it does it could just go the traditional route and a priest just sort of pop up occasionally and do the things that need to be done but yeah, I, I, it's so much more creative and realistic and empowering and, yeah, to to do it the way she's done it. And we get yeah. to the end where Ian gets married. We get to the last book mm. where Ian gets married 
not by a priest, but the sacrament mm-hmm. is performed when they themselves say, I'm ready to be married. I mean, to mm-hmm. me, that's such an empowering moment where the realization mm-hmm. that God is coming through you to say, mm-hmm. now you're married. Yeah. Which is a very Quaker kind of idea that there yeah. is no one special person, that we all have the light of God in us and we all can speak speak that truth and make, you know, officiate those rituals and whatever needs to be because we are all equal on the side of God. Yeah, there is no bar to that. It, it's mm-hmm. always available. Which we should do an episode just on the Quakers at some point, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, with that, I think cool. that's a great way to end this. And, I think um, so, too. Yeah. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to our mm-hmm. our um, our rant about sacraments and <laughs> uh, the great big word that it is. I hope you have a better understanding. And again, if you have any comments, additions, deletions, insertions, then we would love to hear them. Please get in touch mm. with us. We promise that we will do another episode on nothing but fan response. Right, Jamie? Yes, 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 mm. definitely. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. We will. Mm-hmm. Cool. So cool. Be safe, guys, and we'll see you next time. That's it for this episode of Outlander Soul. Thanks for listening. If you love what we do, give us a review, especially on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, because it helps people find us. If you listen and you like what you hear, please consider supporting us financially. Just click on the support us button at our website, www.outlandersoul.com. There's lots of ways to donate and every little bit helps. Also, we love hearing your comments, questions, and ideas for the show. So we'd like for you to join in the conversation. You can reach us through our website, email, voice memos, or social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr. By email, you can email us at Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com or via our website at www.outlandersoul.com. Thanks again, everybody. Bye.